This, 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 this is mythical. Nicole, you're all about that Mediterranean food, right? Of course. I actually made the most incredible chicken souvlaki for dinner last night. I made a little salad with tomatoes, cucumbers, onions. I sprinkled some feta on there, and I made a little wrap. It was so, so good. I have so much feta cheese in my fridge at all (laughs) times. Like Mediterranean food, Greek food specifically, is one of Julia's favorites. It's one of my favorite ways to cook and also favorite ways to eat. Now you can taste the Mediterranean at Whole Foods Market. Get those Mediterranean-inspired flavors and save on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie, and ground lamb. It's a store-wide flavor-packed journey. Go now and save on regionally inspired selections through March 19th. Dude, I love me some Whole Foods ground lamb. I was doing yeah, smash burgers the other day. A little harissa mayo on there. Lamb. Ooh, you can make kefteres. You make locanico. God, I want some lamb. You can find sales on animal welfare certified meat like boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, and more. Yeah, save on seafood too while ordering whole branzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. I got a branzini from there and let me tell you I stuffed it with parsley, garlic, lemon, fresh oregano and it was absolutely Branzini delicious. is plural. It would be one Branzino. Is that true? I'll show myself out. Yeah, it actually is. Oh my gosh, I had no <laughs> idea. I've been calling it Branzini slash Branzino just like willy-nilly. Boom roasted. Just like my fish, huh? <laughs> and their wines from the sun-soaked Mediterranean start at just $8.99. That's $8.99 for some bomb, bomb wine. Sip from the vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy. I will, Nicole. Check out 365 by Whole Foods Market and stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and more. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Butter, syrup, Whipped cream, perhaps some diced fruit or chocolate chips if you're feeling frisky. There are many toppings that can adorn your breakfast stack, but what is that stack made of? Today we figure out once and for all which is better, pancakes or waffles. This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) What? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are answering the question, which is better, pancakes or waffles? Nicole, what to think? W-A-F-F-L-E-S. Nicole, you, waffles. you know I never learned how to read. What is that? <laughs> that just squiggles. They're just squiggles on a page to me. I don't know. Waffles are better than pancakes. Wow, I am conveniently team pancake oh, on this one. Are you now? Moreover, I've been thinking about what does it mean that McDonald's has Mayor McCheese, but Burger King has a king? Right? Like McDonald's. What are you talking hold about? on, no, sorry. This doesn't have a ton to do with pancakes or waffles, but I was thinking about this really hard. Like, McDonald's has a democratically elected mayor. In theory, we don't know if there were free and fair elections. We don't know if there was like an outside third party monitoring this. Uh-huh. But Burger King is like a- openly advocating for the return of the monarchy. And I think it's weird. I think that proves that McDonald's is once and for all America's true tr- fast food chain. Josh, we're talking about pancakes and waffles. This and is what does McDonald's original. have? Okay. Nicole, pancakes. <laughs> No, I I think pancakes are infinitely more versatile than waffles, and there are myriad reasons why. I think if you look around the world, every single culture has made a pancake, and I think there is a powerful altruism 
to that. The fact that like, you know, Belgium, right? Like they're the ones who invented the waffle maker mm-hmm. and like they've, you know, spread that to America and now we have our own American waffle chains and all that. But every single culture, you look at John Bing in China, you look at dosas and Uthapam in India, uh, you look at Ban Seo in Vietnam, like every single culture has developed a yeah. pancake. And I think that means that the human consciousness has decided that pancakes are not only better than waffles, but I mean, I think truly one of the great foods in the culinary canon. Waffles are the food of the future, Josh. It's using a specific tool to create something wonderful. And that's what a waffle is. It's the food of the future. It infuses something we know, pancake batter, and technology, the future. Fuses it together and makes a beautiful food stuff that cannot be duplicated by anything else. Waffles are amazing. Everyone's like, oh, waffles have syrup pockets, la di da I'm at the party, but that doesn't matter. I'm not talking about syrup pockets, and I think that's a cop-out to say why waffles are the best. Waffles are the best because they have dimension. They have texture. They're versatile. You can put anything in a waffle maker. Oh, the waffle maker itself is innovation uh, at first hand. I mean, just think about all the things you can put inside of a waffle maker. You yourself put so many different things in a waffle maker. You've put meat in a waffle maker. Yeah, I've yeah. seen. I you've made put meat pasta. Waffles. You've put in mac and cheese. You've put in uh, hash browns, which is my favorite way to use a waffle maker. But I just think waffles are delicious and brilliant and crispy and soft and versatile and uh, fantastic. Just like pancakes, but better. Yeah, the thing about meat waffles is when you make them, you got to lay down a network of towels. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. If you measure things and if you test things and you start with a little bit and then you make a tester and then you gauge how much you need, you don't need to put down any towels. Every yeah, time you it, make a Nicole, waffle, you, it's like I see like seepage coming through like a horror movie. Just yeah. come. It's disgusting. Okay, maybe I'm anti-waffle because despite having made waffles for, I don't know, maybe going on 20 years at this point, um, I can never seem to actually estimate the right amount of waffle batter that no, I need. you really can't. Well, every single time I think I get it right and then I go, eh, I should probably put another full amount that I've already put in there on top of it. And then I'm like, that looks good. And I close it and then there's just like a river of batter. Do you but, know what I've realized? There's instructions in the manual of the waffle maker of how much waffle batter to put so it doesn't spill out. Did you know that? Did you know that anytime I open literally any package and <laughs> throw away the instructions yeah. immediately? Yeah, I do. I've been there many a time. I've seen that happen. And so many life. times I've actually needed the instructions. Mm-hmm. I accept the fact that the waffle maker is a brilliant tool, but I think like, you know, is it innovation or is it exclusion, right? I think those are, that's an important <laughs> distinction. You want to talk about exclusion? Do you know how hard it is to make a perfectly round pancake? But no, you just let gravity do its thing. What? Okay, I have to make at least seven, te- okay, I have pancake anxiety. Every time I try to make a pancake, it comes out oblong and awkward and it just makes me sad. And you know, just with a waffle maker, you just pour in your batter, close it, let go and let God. But with a pancake, you have to like flip it and move it and you have to see the bubbles form. Like who has freaking time for that? I don't have time for that. Uh, it's not, no, no. <laughs> You devolving into your mom? No, I don't like it. No. <laughs> Just put the ego in the toaster. <laughs> I I do like this futuristic element of waffles. That does that is something that appeals to me. Like allowing a machine to like do the work 
for you. There was this group of Italians uh, after World War One that called themselves the Futurists. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we talk about the futurism of food. They wrote an entire cookbook. One of my uh, early career mentors, Willie Blackmore, wrote a whole beautiful essay on the Futurist cookbook. And their whole thing was, like, shoot a quail with birdshot and then roast it with the birdshot so you taste the metal ball bearings and the physical taste of the future industrialism I of like the world that. gets into your body. Uh, have you ever heard of the restaurant in Copenhagen called Alchemist? They're doing weird stuff like that all the time. Have you heard of it? No. They're like make they're like making like political points about food. Like they like have something called I think uh, garbage fish or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's basically like a, a bunch of trash from the ocean that they encapsulate in resin, and that's the bowl that you eat your little fish out of. <laughs> it's brilliant, and then it's like amazing. So you know, sometimes food can go in that direction of political and uncomfortable and weird. But I'm just talking about waffles and how much better they are than pancakes. Pancakes induce anxiety. For for me okay <laughs> it's a sore spot i'm not good at making pancakes and that's my achilles heel and i'm comfortable talking about it with well you. i think since i'm not good at making waffles since for me the waffle maker always just overflows and ends up all over my counter and you're not getting pancakes we're learning that these arguments about food nicole they're really arguments about ourselves and that we're just taking this out on the breakfast pastry <laughs> of our choice nicole you and i need to solve our inner issues Before we can have an efficacious conversation about pancakes and waffles, what are you really afraid of? Is it being alone or is it pancakes? I'm confident in my waffle making ability because I can read directions. I'm not confident in my dexterity because girl can't flip. She got weak wrists. I say this with so much respect, but literally five minutes ago, there was a... A trash can full of trash that must have weighed about nine pounds. And Nicole just goes, I have no upper body strength. I can't even lift it. it was, I thought it was going to be like heavy. Like, you know, we'd filled it with a bunch of like a whole watermelon earlier. <laughs> this is like a nine pound thing of trash. Yeah. Nicole, your weak wristedness cannot be an excuse. That cannot be a demerit against pancakes in my mind. You have a point. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> as far as pancakes and waffles go, are we talking about like the world applications. Because I mentioned earlier, like every culture has its own pancake and they're mm-hmm. beautiful. You and I both love dosas. We sure. both love Utapam, Bansayo, yeah. all that. But are we talking about that? Or are we talking like the American flapjack and the American diner waffle? Because there's also different styles of waffles. I think for the, for the sake of this podcast and just for our mental stability, I think we should just talk about American style pancakes and quote unquote American style waffles. I agree with that. Yeah. I Although I do think I do think pancakes are more versatile. I'll give you that much as well. But uh, I just think waffles uh, have a beautiful textural contrast when they're done right. I think they're crispy on the outside, crunchy, and then they're beautifully soft. And then the syrup just melts and kind of uh, it almost like hovers over the top of the waffle, which I really, really enjoy too. I just think it's a more enjoyable experience. I think th- there are words in other cultures that like we don't have, right? Everyone talks about the German words, like uh, there's like gefraukenbestischt, and it means like a face you really want to punch oh. or something. But there is, I can't remember, I think it might be from uh, Sichuan, but it's it's a, a Chinese word that is the texture of something fried that has been soaked in sauce. <laughs> yeah, you've talked about this with me before. Because that's my favorite texture yeah, in is. the entire world. And I understand that like waffles have that because like pancake batter and waffle batter, they should be different in theory, right? In theory, I mean, no, I, I'll put a, a spoonful of Bisquick in a waffle maker and 
I don't really care. I, I mean, I will too, but that's because like most of the time when I'm cooking at home, I'm not trying to make the perfect anything. I'm just like, ah, I want square, you know, syrup <laughs> pockets. And I'm going to shove it in my face, eating it with a trash can. Sure. But like to me, the best waffles, and I do love waffles. I'm not out here saying uh-huh. I don't love waffles. But the best waffles are, you know, you like whip the egg whites into this airy meringue consistency. And then mm-hmm. you're folding everything in gently to give it that rice. And it has this beautiful crispy texture on it. The texture of a crispy waffle that has been soaked in syrup to me, is one of the more beautiful things. However, on the note of textural contrast, I remember a chef friend of mine, yeah, oh, humble brag, I have a friend. That's a uh, chef. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was like menu testing a new dish, and he let me taste it, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, it's great, but I think you could just use that one little textural element. And he kind of like slammed his hands <gasps> on the table. Sorry, that was dramatic. Just out of me. <laughs> Anyways, I, I said that like the dish could use a little bit of textural contrast, mm-hmm. and he slams his hand on the table, and he goes, man, just let the tasty mush be a tasty mush. And ever since then, I've like really, it was really profound to me at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was drinking. It was probably a lot, but it was really profound to me in the sense like not all foods need to have textual contrast. Sometimes you can lean into one extremely delicious positive element and just ride that out to pure deliciousness and nirvana. And I think pancakes for me have that. It is like the supple texture, the slight glutinous chew. I will say Denny's. Denny's spent millions of dollars a couple of years ago to revamp their pancake recipe and they did an incredible job. And right now, they have the best pancakes in the game. They have the perfect texture. It's just like chew yielding to soft. And then it gets soaked in the syrup and butter. And to me, I love this beautiful just mono texture that pancakes have. And for me, they are the perfect addition to the American breakfast plate. Did you know that Thomas Jefferson brought the first waffle iron to America? Thomas Jefferson did not do squat. <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. Wait, let's, no, let's, let's hash this out. No, I'm drowning because you made so many good points and it's making me upset. So I'm trying to create a diversion. Okay. But what about Waffle House, Josh? You know how good Waffle House is? It's a house of waffles. Now, don't bring up IHOP because that will completely deter my argument. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you say monotexture, it definitely makes more sense because it, I don't necessarily need that crisp all the time, but I do enjoy it. Like early in the morning, you know, you don't want to chew that much. Yeah. And waffles make you chew more than pancakes. I, as someone who speaks often for the soft-toothed delegation of the world, yes. people who have many crowns uh-huh. and redone crowns and root canals in their mouth hole, <laughs> the softness <laughs> of pancakes speaks to my interests. Sometimes you get a waffle that's too damn hard. Yeah. I don't like it. You go to Waffle House, you get the pecan waffle, and the mm-hmm. pecans are too crispy. Well, that's because it's a pecan praline, and the praline is a little bit hard because of the sugar, Josh. And, you know, have you, have you been to a Waffle ball. House? Never in my life have I been to a Waffle House because I like I better. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I go to Waffle House? Did you order the code red? You got right, I did. Thank you. That meant a lot to you. That was a beautiful Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Thank you. I have actually been to the closest Waffle House to Where us, is which it? is in Aurora, Colorado. No, thanks. No, thanks. Too far. I, I had, I'd read like Anthony Bourdain's thoughts about Waffle House, Uh right? He had this whole like poetic diatribe about Waffle House and how it's, you know, the same everywhere and it serves and affects more people than a three Michelin star restaurant. And that's what makes this this beautiful mimetic experience across Americana, blah, blah, blah. Love me a good Bourdain diatribe about trash food. Um, But I went to a Waffle House and like, I wasn't expecting much, but (laughs) man, the waffles were like really the low point of that experience. I loved it. I love getting like their hash browns. They come like scattered, smothered, chunked, graved, crisped, moon dogged, whatever. You get them like nine different ways. Yeah. But the actual waffles, I will never forget this. One, we sat down at Waffle House and the server came out 
and they just had six napkins and like a bucket of silverware and they just dropped the silverware on the table and just go, there you go. I'm like, all right, that was a little weird. And we kind of like sorted it out ourselves. And then they bring the waffles that we ordered and they were super burnt. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm never going to send food back for like being what? a little burnt. You all, if your food is burnt, you should send it back. Nicole, this is the reason why when like we order something for the show and it's messed up, that I just go, Nicole, can you do it? Because you have no problem. You're being assertive. What do you and mean? And good at your job. Listen, if okay, if I burn a waffle, first of all, I should never send out a burned out waffle or a burned out pancake. Because if I'm a if I'm a good person, which I would like to think the the majority of people are, which is also my Achilles heel. I think people are good when they're when they're not. Um, you shouldn't send it out. But if you're gonna send out a burnt waffle and I give it back to you, you better remake it. You know, I think they would have remade it because they opened up the door in a very roundabout way. Mm-hmm. The waffles were burnt, and they brought them, and they just go, "The waffles are burnt." And they I go, said that. Yeah, she goes, "The waffles are burnt." No, and way. I go, "I see that," and she goes, "Is that okay?" Oh my god! I just go, "Yeah." No wonder you like pancakes more. You've had a traumatic experience at Waffle House. I've had some bad waffle experiences, but you know where I've had really good experiences? Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Roscoe's chicken and waffles, <laughs> fan freaking fantastic. The really good waffles. Waffle. I don't think I've ever. Do they sell pancakes at Roscoe's? No, they do not. Only okay, waffles. Good. They're smart because the yeah. waffles there are really. really how do you good. How do you feel about chicken and waffles? I, I really like it. I love it. Whenever I go, I get the Obama special because it's and was that like two waffles and three wings? I don't remember. <laughs> and I also get a side of candied yams. And it's, yeah. it's just good food, honestly. It's just simple, good food. What's your strategy for eating chicken and waffles? Because I have a lot of thoughts about this. Okay, my brother taught me this, and you're probably going to laugh at me. So we left a wedding. It was, like, supposed to go on to, like, 2, but we left at 10. And he's like, you want to go to Roscoe's? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and let Whoa. me tell you, it was the best experience ever. We go, and we're, like, wearing, like, I'm wearing an evening dress, and my brother's wearing a suit and tie, and we're just at Roscoe's. And then uh, he's like, he ordered for me. And then he's like, take the skin off. And I say, okay. So he made me take the skin off. And then he made me take the chicken off of the wing. And then he made me lay it in the waffle. And then I added syrup and I folded it over and I cut it and I ate it like a sandwich. That's smart. Yeah, that's how he taught me how to eat it. I, I am someone who I enjoy the experience of waffles and chicken being on the same table. But uh-huh. I don't put them on the same plate. Why? Really? I, don't, I think they're good to eat together, no? For me, like, I love eating bacon and sausage with pancakes or waffles and syrup. Mm-hmm. To me, that's great. But to me, if you're eating meat with syrup, it has to be a condiment meat. Do you know what I'm talking about What's when I say condiment, condiment meat? condiment meat? Think about, like, <laughs> uh, ham, sausage, meats that are, like, very flavorful. Any type of charcuterie, even pastrami, to me, might fall in the genre of a condiment meat. Mm-hmm. Something like a meat that is so heavily spiced and flavored Did that it can like Did you just make a add... word called condiment? Yeah, condiment. Okay. Condiment. Con- like condi meat. Yeah. Yeah, a condiment. And so to me, chicken is something that should stand alone. So I just butter and syrup up my waffle. Occasionally I'll put some hot sauce on if, if I'm feeling a little frisky, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise I get the chicken smothered in gravy and then I cover that in hot sauce at Roscoe's. Okay. And then I eat the smothered gravy chicken with my hands and then I use those same hands to eat the waffle. So you get a little bit of gravy and hot sauce just from your fingers. No, you don't. I swear to God, this Why is how I enjoy Why do you use Roscoe's. your hands there? Nicole, so many different cultures from across the world eat with only their hands. <laughs> I understand that. Have you had like a like a paratha and sabji? Yep. Would the yeah? Yeah. Like yeah. you just like rip off the paratha with your hands and you dip yes, that. That's what course. I like do with the waffle and gravy. <laughs> Roscoe's waffle and their chicken and gravy uh-huh. is or, or roti and sabji, not paratha. I I grew up eating in a Gujarati household. Shout out 
to Deep's mom, Malini Nayak, for being a dope cook. <laughs> you roti and sabji, you, you take the roti and you dip it in the sauce. I take the waffle, I dip that in the chicken. That's the real argument here, Nicole. <laughs> um, what are your favorite pancakes to eat? You know in what? the morning when you wake up and you're just like, oh, I'm going to start my day well. I've been doing so. I always rail against the idea of fitness influencers. Oh my gosh. Are you going to say protein pancakes? I'm going to throw up. I'm going to say protein pancakes. Shut up. Well, no, I... Why? Okay, my general strategy for diet and wellness is that I wake up and I eat as healthy as I can until the floodgates break, uh-huh. which is generally about like 1 p.m. for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've seen me. We, we've been in the same yeah. office for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when I wake up, especially if I do a little workout in the morning, I like to make a protein pancake. I've also done this in the waffle maker, but it works better on a pan. Uh, I literally just mix together peanut butter and egg, Greek yogurt and protein powder. And somehow when you cook that all no together, way. it makes a perfect crispy pancake. It is like gross and scientifically monstrous. And I'll put some sliced bananas in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, it just tastes like comfort. Also, there's so many delicious flavor chemicals in protein powder that it almost tastes like a dessert. Or at it least you can like convince yourself It tastes like malted milk powder. I love malted milk powder. Yeah. But like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't like protein pancakes. I'd rather just... Drink a protein shake. But that's just me. I like my pancakes to have chocolate chips, bananas, and then I like to put uh, honey on them. Or the maple syrup. I like honey more than maple syrup. But basically what I'm trying to say, Josh, is that, yeah, pancakes are better than waffles. Thank you. I need to eventually come around. (sighs) It's really unfair. I was like, he's going to love this. He's going to be like, yeah, wow, I didn't think about the food of the future. That's crazy, Nicole. Wow, you're so smart. I, I I do like the idea of a unitasking food cooking device though, right? I do, but I don't. But it's a versatile unitasking, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it's it does one task, but you can force other tasks in there. Like, you can yeah. take a Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell and shove it into a waffle iron, and I respect sure that. Sure you can. And I love the idea of, like, street vendors that have a machine that you don't, so only they can make certain things that <laughs> yeah. you don't. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, like, uh, things like, like takoyaki in Japan. Like, little or, octopus uh, balls, like, you wouldn't make in a home, typically. Yeah, or shaved ice. <laughs> yeah, or shaved ice. Honestly, like, things like that are, are things that I really enjoy, because it kind of, like, respects the artisan. Uh, but for me, the, like, familiarity and ubiquity and just, like, you know, this altruistic sameness that pancakes have, like, Nicole, everyone can understand a pancake. Also, I love that we entirely left French toast out of this debate. But, uh, French, no, French toast is, is its own beast. It's its own thing. Yeah. Also, it, you know what's better than all of those things? Uh, toaster strudels. Yes. Yeah. But is a toaster strudel a hot dog? A ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say about waffles and pancakes, but now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call... Opinions are like casseroles. Oh my God, Nicole, we hit that in sync for the first time. Oh my God. In like six weeks. And that is because we are finally in the same room, albeit, I don't know, what do we got? Like uh, four and a half meters apart. Yeah. For all you people, that's like 14 feet. We're social distanced quite accurately. Yeah. And it's cool because like me and Nicole don't hang out outside of work. No, we don't. So it's like we're never actually sharing germs at all. No. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, I'm down, but like, I don't know what we would do. I feel like the first time we do something, it has to be like really cool. Like what? I don't know. You're going to go like roller skating? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm a fun guy. I like to roller skate. You want to go roller skating well, with me? I went roller skating on my 24th birthday and I broke my coccyx. You broke your coccyx? Almost. I should have gone to the doctor, but I think it just healed in a weird way. 
Last time I went roller skating was at like a church event with my high school girlfriend. We got into a really big fight because like I was bad at roller skating. It really hurt my ankles. So I like sat out and she was like, you're not having a fun time. And I was like, only physically because my freaking ankles hurt so bad. Like I'm not trying to sabotage you and your youth group. Why did you pick roller skating? You said do something fun. Do something crazy. What's crazier than going roller skating? (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, let's hear some of your crazy opinions then. Me and Nicole are going to roast them. I'm going to start with a personal favorite of mine. This is from <laughs> at hating since 87. Put spam on meat lovers pizza, cowards. <laughs> uh, as someone who responds positively when my masculinity is attacked by calling me a coward, yeah, I'll do it, man. I'll do it if you'll just say you're proud of me, dad. Josh, this was on my IG story. <laughs> They're not, calling you, they're not calling you anything. Oh, they were calling you a coward? Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm I'm the freaking pizza police. <laughs> Just sorry. Okay, I'll put spam on my next meat lover's pizza. Sorry. It does sound good. We're talking about the idea of a condom meat. Yeah. Spam is a perfect condom meat. But you wouldn't put it on a chartreuse board. Oh, don't tell me what I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't put on a chartreuse board. I'm throwing a Velveeta terrine and spam on my next oh, charcuterie board. Oh my god, horrific. Let's see what's next. Um... Ginger Reaper says, I used to mix strawberry Nesquik powder back when that was a thing into homemade lemonade. Uh, I, uh, uh, I have some questions uh -uh. in strawberry Nesquik powder. Is there dairy in it? I think it's malted milk powder and strawberry powder. Is it? I have a feeling it's in that same thing. So I never like put it in water, but I imagine if you did, it would turn milky. Yeah. Right. I I hate the idea of a milky lemonade. Well, it kind of sounds like melted sherbet. But I do love the idea of melted <laughs> sherbet. So but now like, I'm coming around. But I need to know the temperature of the of the lemonade. I'm yeah, guessing it's cold. We have more questions, Ginger Reaper. Yeah. I need to workshop this. Is there bit. ice going on in there? Because I feel like if you put this in like a, a plastic cup with ice and a straw. Okay. I think what you have to do is take the strawberry Nesquik powder and you have to like activate it with water to like get rid of any mm, sort of mm-hmm, grittiness. Mm-hmm. And then you add in your lemonade. Yeah. Have you, you know ever I mean? seen like a matcha tea ceremony? Yeah. <laughs> You know where they're using the bamboo brush? <laughs> I need I need you to make the Nesquik and lemonade with a matcha tea bamboo brush. Because I feel like that way it would perfectly blend the powder and you wouldn't get any clumps. I think that's important to this whole thing. Nicole's dead. Nicole's dead. <laughs> Shut up. That's so funny. Okay. That's- right, at at Reg Eats, homemade chocolate chip cookies and sriracha is a match made in heaven. Ooh. Ooh. No. Mm. Okay, if mm. it was okay, sriracha can exist in a cookie dough. I think it can exist. The chocolate chips might kind of like turn me off though. But a spicy cookie dough? I'm down. I like the idea of a spicy cookie dough. And like we've had there's that one brand of like very unprocessed Aztec chocolate. Oh my gosh. That's really good. Like I think it's just called chocolatel, which is like the the Nahuatl word for chocolate. Yes. That stuff is dope, and they do ones that have, like, wahio chili in it, and, like, that'd be mm-hmm. amazing in a cookie. The problem with adding sriracha to sweet to me, and I just went, shout out to Roy Choi and Kogi Taqueria, which had its last day in Palms recently, uh, and they're on to bigger and better things. They got a Kogi Taqueria food truck, but I love their restaurant so much, and one of their OG dessert menu items is a sriracha chocolate bar, oh. and it's good, but one of my problems with that is the garlic and sriracha. Mm-hmm. Love chili and off. chili and chocolate, but like garlic and sweet to me is just like never a good combination. Always gets a little too funky, but I do respect the ingenuity. Itty bitty chef says spaghettios are better cold. What? Uh, what? What? I don't eat spaghettios enough as it is, so uh, I don't know. This is not not pass. I I've eaten a lot of spaghettios in my day. 
I'm not the biggest fan. I've talked about this. I much prefer canned beefaroni. Uh, but I like the idea of it cold because then it eats as a gazpacho. It's okay. gazpaghettiacho. Gazpaghettiacho. <laughs> and I like that idea. Also, when things are cold, you tend to taste them less. And I think spaghettio has got a real funky flavor because there's like there's so much corn syrup in it. And there's so much like artificial cheese flavor. Mm-hmm. It's one of those weird tastes that like I, you know, never acquired as a kid. My brother loves SpaghettiOs. I was never a fan. Give me a can of beefaroni any day. <laughs> At John Bloodworth, you can't touch your burger until you've eaten all the fries. What? One, you can. I've done it. Uh, I've been there, man. No, you can eat the burger whenever you want. The fries don't got to be gone. I don't know who told you otherwise. Um, this sounds like a childhood thing. Like yeah. you had to eat the cheaper stuff first and then eat half of the burger and save the other half for later. This is the men- this is what I'm thinking is going on with I, we, this person. We have some theories mulling around about this one because <laughs> I think that they grew up going to Red Robin a lot. And like if <gasps> oh, you had, because Red Robin has the bottomless fries. Yeah, I love Red Robin. And if you're someone with very thrifty pants yeah. like mine, whenever we'd go to like a buffet, right, my dad would be like, eat the expensive stuff first, <laughs> fill up on the shrimp, not the bread, get your money's worth. So if you go to Red Robin, and you get the serving of fries. You got to eat a full serving of fries before you touch the burger. So then you get fresh fries along with your burger. Mm. See, I would always think it's the opposite way because you're eating all the free fries first and then you're saving the meat, the good meat for later to eat. They've to already relinquished the meat to you, though. Mm. They've already bequeathed their meat to you. So what you got to do is ensure that you eat that full portion of fries and then they got to give you more free fries. They're not bringing, they're not refilling your meat. You got that meat. You own that meat, but you're just leasing the fries until you finish that last one. This is economics, Nicole. I don't know how to like pay taxes or like what leasing a car means, but I understand how to beat the system at buffets and endless fry situations. R.I.P. buffets. R.I.P. buffets. That God, I, I, the day we can go back to Newtown Chinese buffet <laughs> in Burbank, Nicole, that'll be a good day. I got a free. Uh... I got a free Chinese calendar when I went there. Did you know that? <laughs> no. They gave me a calendar. That's Did you get a calendar? calendar? I didn't get no calendar. I got a calendar. And I got a really pretty, uh, like a like a painting kind of, like a painted bamboo uh, thing. The Chinese buffet in Burbank is just giving you gifts? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember? <laughs> no. They gave me a calendar and then they also gave me like this really pretty art piece of like a painted, like a, like v- like a mountain view. They don't even give me a fortune cookie anymore because I eat all their shrimp. <laughs> Sorry, I guess they liked me. I'm loading up on shrimp. When me and Kevin Rigg go there, we just get like three mackerel and like a bucket of shrimp and go to town. Oh my gosh. Uh, Ladybird2223. I actually saw Ladybird last night, so this is a great name. Um, Pepsi and Mountain Dew convene to make a wonderful beverage called Pepsidu. Pepsidu. <laughs> this is really funny and this is endearing and I'm pretty sure it tastes good. So way to go, Ladybird. I'm proud of you. Pepsidu, more like Pepsi don't. Boom! Uh, no, that sounds pretty good. I like mixing Sprite and Coca-Cola, and then when I was a kid, I would do this, and it tastes a little bit like cream soda, just in the way that like the chemicals kind of mingle on your palate, you know? Yeah. And so, no, I, I love the idea of uh, soda blending. Right? Like, you can have a master scotch blender. You, know, you can have wine blends. Soda som. A soda som. <laughs> Actually, uh, when I was at LA Magazine, we did a really cool piece where we had a sommelier paired different flavors of Haritos, mm-hmm. the soda, with tacos. Mm. And it was a really cool article. That sounds like a really cool yeah, article. Yeah, it was fun. I love, that, I love that idea. And I'm a huge soda fan. Me too. I love soda. I do. Like craft colas to me. Oh, no. I just like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink half a Dr. Pepper and then throw it in the sink. 
<laughs> I, mean, I do the same thing. Yeah. Because you don't want all the calories from no, a fucking No, no. I just take like four good gulps and uh-huh. then I'm just like, I hate you and I throw it in the sink. Yeah, no, we, we live the same life. And uh, Cactus Cooler. Oh my gosh. Shout out Cactus Cooler. Love Cactus Cooler. At Widden Jennifer, cheap beer and Clamato juice are delicious together. Yes, Jennifer. I love this so love much. Clamato has no application outside <laughs> of a Michelada, which is what I would call this. If you are not in a predominantly, predominantly Latino part of the world, you might call this a beer Mary, but no, this is a Michelada and it's absolutely delicious. Throw some hot sauce and lime in there. It is literally my favorite drink on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what my secret is to really good uh, Michelada? Okay. I put a little bit of soy sauce. Oh, yeah. And it really, really helps liven it up. <laughs> I've I've had like Worcestershire in Micheladas yeah. too, but yeah, yeah, a little bit of soy is really fantastic in it. I also, love I love Micheladas that are served with like shrimp on the rim of the beer. Yeah. I want to drink my shrimp. <laughs> I want to eat my beer and I want to drink my shrimp, dang it. I just like the outside, how it's like coated in like, it's sometimes it's chamoy, huh? Mm-hmm. Chamoy yeah, yeah. and tahini, and it just like uh, like seals the outside and you have to like use your teeth to like scrape off the side as you like eat yeah. it. It's so satisfying. The candy I seizes. want one right now. My like salivary glands are like freaking out because I want one so bad. Dude, we should just go to like a dope michelada bar when we finally hang out together That'll for the first time. That'll be our first hangout. After roller skating, we'll work up a sweat roller skating. <laughs> Drink a couple buzz balls in the 7-Eleven parking lot. I don't want to go roller skating. You've committed. I heard a verbal, Chris, verbal yes to roller skating. Nicole, everyone else heard you say that you want to go roller skating with me at the Moonlight Roller Rink. I don't want to go roller skating. We're going. I'm setting a date. I don't want to roller skating. And then we're going to go. There's like a craft michelada bar in East LA that like you can get an entire watermelon that's hollowed out. And then it's like filled with michelada and like a whole fried fish. I do you know, listen to me. You will, uh, you and I will be different people when I go rollerblading with you. I'm not kidding. It's gonna. There's a before rollerblading Nicole and an after rollerblading Nicole. Are you prepared to meet rollerblade after Nicole? I've been prepared since the day I met you. Okay, you said it. Underscore Skyloran underscore. Corn dogs need to be dipped in applesauce then ketchup. Uh, what, what? What are you talking about? Applesauce and ketchup? Oh, then. Sorry, I read that wrong. Applesauce, then ketchup? No, that's wrong. That's incorrect. Sorry. Also, you would want to dip it in ketchup, then applesauce, because the ketchup is more <laughs> viscous than applesauce. It depends who's making the applesauce. Let's be real. That's right. If you're using Mott's. I go by the Mott's state of flow when it comes to applesauce. Uh-huh. Well, you're going to want to do it because I agree with this. This sounds really delicious to me. <laughs> I love the Ew. idea of applesauce in fried sausages. I would bite off the tip like you're cutting a cigar of the corn dog, <laughs> just a little moil action, and I would spit it out. You don't eat it. And then you dip that in ketchup, and the ketchup kind of creates a, what's the term? Tensile strength. That's the physics term. The ketchup has a tensile strength to it that allows it to stick. And then you're going to swipe that in the much lighter, frothier applesauce. And, and, and I think that's pretty good. I'd take that. It reminds me of like latkes with sour cream and applesauce. Yeah, yeah. The thing that really threw me off when you bit the tip off and you spit it out, that kind of freaked me out. But no, this doesn't sound good. I'm so sorry. You never eat the first bite of a corn dog. You bite the tip off and you spit it out. I don't really eat corn dogs. You do it dramatically, too. Like a 1930s Hollywood mogul would bite the tip off a cigar. You got to do that with your corn dogs. All right, what do we got? At JoeBoo822. I really enjoy Cocoa Puffs with orange juice instead of milk. That is maybe the most revolting opinion 
I've ever heard. As a woman who grew up on <laughs> eating, <laughs> as a woman who grew up eating uh, chocolate oranges that you would slap oh, on the table, yes. that was like our chocolate of choice for some reason, and I don't know why. Like out of all of the chocolates we could get, for some reason, my mom and dad just were obsessed with these like chocolate oranges you could smash, and then you get like little sections, and you could actually see the little like like juice pockets. It was so weird. It was so exact. That's a very like. Gen X yeah. boomer type of confection. Yeah. Because I grew up on those too. Odd. It was very odd. So like I think that if you liked that chocolate, then you probably like cocoa puffs in orange juice. So it makes sense. I don't agree with it, but it makes sense and I understand you. <laughs> You're understood here. Condi ECJ says, My favorite snack is the frozen ready corn. The corn, corn is capitalized. Yes, I know I'm not proud of it either. Hey man. Canned corn, fresh corn, frozen corn, candy corn, whatever, man. Live your truth. It's a little weird, yeah, but like, it's probably like, uh, like, have you ever had like uh, corn ice cream? Yeah. It's like corn ice cream, but not really. There's you know this I mean? Filipino dessert called maiz con yellow. Yeah, I made it. One- yeah, we made it. Oh, yeah. That's it. how we know of it. <laughs> that was dope. Oh, my God. It was so great. That was so long ago. Yeah, I love corn and desserts. I love frozen corn. Also, as someone who eats frozen peas straight out the bag, I fully respect this. I'm going to maybe switch my frozen pea habit to frozen corn habit. So thank you. You should be proud of yourself, Condi CJ. All right. At the Snoop 91, summer sausage and Nilla wafers. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this is, maybe. This, this can go on your charcuterie board along with your <laughs> Velveeta. What was it? Your Velveeta. I would make a Velveeta terrine. Vel- uh-huh. I would emulsify the Velveeta with uh-huh. goose fat. Uh-huh. And then I would set it in a terrine and I would Poor slice it. In the loaves, and I would serve it alongside Nilla wafers and Hillshire Farms country summer sausage. And spam. And spam with the Nilla wafers and crackers. Uh, you know what? Honestly, the sweet and the spice of the summer sausage, I think, could work. It would kind of have like a pigs in a blanket type of thing with like a really sweet biscuit dough yeah. and pancake puppies. It makes sense, kind of. I think summer sausage is like probably, it's like a really specific savory flavor right i haven't had it that much in my life summer sausage it's kind of just like a bootleg american salami it's like if Mm. salami was flavored like a slim jim Mm, 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 you know mm, like mm, imagine mm. like a fancy chef in la was doing like a a, an ironic play on a charcuterie board and there was like here we have our slim jim influence salumi that's what a summer sausage would be Mm. yeah okay (laughs) makes sense (laughs) makes sense cammy blanche says doritos are best dipped in sour cream okay (laughs) yeah I'm going to do it. Yeah, who's fighting you on that? I don't care. I, I have an admission. So I've been on record as saying that Greek yogurt and sour cream taste the same. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I mean, they taste similar until you eat sour cream after eating Greek yogurt exclusively for the last, like, I don't know, three years. Man, what a treat full fat sour cream is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like so next much level. better. It's like next level. Uh, so cream. I've been, I have had like a sour cream resurgence. We got like four pints of sour cream here and like we only needed like a half cup. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I brought multiple pints of sour cream home and I've just been like eating it and everything. So I love that. Especially you take salsa verde Doritos, dip them in sour cream. That's money right there, brother. All right, we got at E Satterley, onions and donuts both belong in hell. I have a question. <laughs> How did onions get coupled with donuts in this? Because they're both round and they have a hole in it. Well, let's try and like kind of psychoanalyze what was going on I in I just their told life. you. They're, they're round. round and they have holes in it. Have you had an onion ring? An onion ring is a savory donut. I, I have a theory. Okay. I think E Satterley was 
left at the altar. I believe that they gave an engagement ring to someone. That person agreed. They had a whole engagement, but secretly in their mind, they're just thinking, like, do I really want to spend the rest of my life with East Satterley? And then East Satterley shows up to the altar, ready for the best day of their life. Get married, Nicole. Have kids. You know, they're thinking about the future. And Why? Then, and then their future spouse does not show up. Now they associate the idea of ringed foods with pain and suffering in their mind. Ergo, do not like donuts and onions. I'm sorry for your loss, East Satterley. It does get better. Uh, donuts are great. This is a weird opinion. Uh, uh, I don't care for donuts, but I don't think they belong in hell. And onions are like the most, onions are the most useful like item in a kitchen for for any savory recipe. Bingo. So uh, I don't know what's going on. Yo, this next one's fun. At Chris Niche 98, coleslaw is an abomination. Keep your shredded wet salad to yourself. Oh my God. I have exclusively been eating wet salads for lunch in the kitchen for the past week. Here's my explanation. One, I love wet foods. Two, dry is always a negative descriptor for food. Right? What yeah. is the opposite of dry? Wet. wet. What is the opposite of negative? Positive. Positive. Ergo, you call a salad wet. That means it's a good salad. Case in point. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. We got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Nhendizada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. We got new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pics of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. We'll see you next time. Bye, Waffle Maker. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.